0: like Fauci saying that his lockdowns didn't cause any permanent damage to any young kids. I got news for you. It did. And we are going to reap those rewards across the whole country for years and years and years because they treated kids so poorly. And I'm just sick of seeing him. I know he says he's going to retire. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac.
1: Welcome to uh, episode thirty-seven of Versus Media Live on Colin. How to chuck an elf over the Potomac River. Uh, I'm Stephen L. Miller. Uh, earlier today, uh, as I was recording my podcast, I got pretty much to the end. For those of you who are subscribers, I, I usually take I-, I read a few comments or questions from subscribers. So it's sort of like this, except you guys just are live. And as I was recording, I got the I got the spin wheel of death from uh, my Mac, and suddenly GarageBand froze up, and I couldn't record again. It wasn't re- reading my microphone, so I thought I would close it, save the file, and when I reopened it, the file was gone. And so I uh, I took a break to decompress. I had myself a nice Chick Fil A Cobb salad and some delightful seltzer water. Yeah, uh, recomposed myself and I thought <clears throat> because it w- I had a really good segment on what, how would we actually chuck an elf across the Potomac River? What would, how would we figure this out if we wanted to? And suppose let's say that that elf is Anthony Fauci. How would we physically go about doing this? So I did some research and I looked into this and I think I figured it out. So this is going to be a little bit different call-in. This is going to mainly be what I tried to record on my podcast, which is about 30, 40 minutes, a little bit shorter. And then I will take calls after. But I'm going to try to go probably about an hour. We're not going to do the two-hour and 50-minute call-in-a-thon that we did last night. I'm going to start fucking doing this for charity. So, as I stated... I did some research over the course of the pandemic. It's really interesting over the course of the pandemic, everybody did something different. Uh, People grew their hair out. Um, Some people binge watch television shows. Um, I taught one of my Frenchies how to walk himself with his leash in his mouth. And I also took it upon myself to learn about catapults. And generally As I started to learn about the architecture of catapults, it was generally in relation to something that Anthony Fauci was saying. No reason, just a coincidence. It just always kind of turned out that way. When Joy Reid told Anthony Fauci in April of 2021 that she was worried about uh, irrationally paranoid people who are vaccinated, I just happened to be looking at... uh, Leonardo da Vinci designed a very special brand of catapult. It was crazy. It it, it had double arm spring. It had a loaded design, and it could therefore increase launch speed and distance. He was was a real genius. Um, But I learned about the history and the, the, the history of siege warfare about catapults. And again, for some reason, it always just lined up with Anthony Fauci. And lo and behold, we have a comment from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis about chucking that little elf across the Potomac River. And before I get too much into how we would go about actually doing that, we saw the kind of classic playbook deployed on DeSantis that we saw with Trump, where he says something mildly obnoxious, not the analogy I would use, but everything he says prior to that, he's right about, by the way. And I think that this is one of these clips where the media hears Chuck the Elf Over the Potomac River and everyone else hears he's right about what lockdowns did. And Fauci did, in fact, say he doesn't foresee any permanent damage done to school kids uh, over lockdowns. Uh, I'm pretty sure suicide is permanent. Um, And so what we had is the media reaction that they did with Trump. He says something kind of obnoxious. They all had their overwrought reactions. And the rest of us roll our eyes at their performative reaction. And it was very performative from some of the members of our media. Uh, The finger wagging, the how dare you kind of thing. And uh, we saw this again, playbook deployed on him. And it'll be deployed again and it'll be deployed again. Except I, I don't think it's going to work because we saw this deployed on Trump for four years and they better come up with a new trick. So. He uh, was poo-pooed in some circles, both left and right, on, on Twitter. Myself, I thought it was, eh. I was like, eh, I could have done without that and, you know, be more serious. But this got me to thinking, based on putting my knowledge from the pandemic to work, how would we actually chuck Dr. Anthony Fauci over the Potomac River? Now, he was also misquoted by several journals who said, chuck him into the Potomac River. That's not what he said. It was Get him out of Washington, D.C., via the Potomac River into Virginia, because it basically runs through Maryland, Virginia. Now, I'm not an expert on the geography of that area, so perhaps those of you who are in that area, feel free to correct me. I've also done some math and some conversion, and I would warn you that it probably won't be exactly precise, as it took me two years to get through algebra, and me getting through algebra with a C- was the happiest grade I've ever had. I've gotten better grades, but that one was the best because I was fucking done with it. But I think I did okay. I think I've averaged everything up. So again, feel free to correct my math at the end of this exercise. Um, I saw several suggestions about how we would actually do this. One was um, someone said by Trebuchet, and I thought, well, that's, you know, we're sort of halfway between a catapult and a trebuchet. And I'll tell you why, because um, we don't want to harm him. In this process. I'm not advocating hurting him. We just want to get him out of Washington, D.C. via chucking. Well, we know we can't chuck him across the Potomac River because Ron DeSantis doesn't have super strength, despite many members of the media taking him quite literally. So we have to figure out a new means. We have to figure out a tool. We have to put our collective heads together and figure out how we would actually do this. I don't think trebuchet is the way to go because of the height that you're going to get. And I think that would harm him. However, I have found a place, uh, on the Potomac river that I think is a good spot. It's narrow enough, which is another part of this. Um, someone recommended hilariously. So a circus cannon. Now I'm all for that one. I thought that was funny. I thought that that's a pretty good one. I do think we could get him across using a circus cannon. However, um, there's a risk of breaking a limb because if you don't hit that right and he goes flailing, you know, through the air, arms waving, jeez, oh, or whatever, he's going to land awkwardly and then we're in deep shit. Then he's broken something or we've uh, killed a national hero who's going to receive the, you know, the, the Citizen's Medal, whatever that's called, I forget, not Medal of Honor, whatever. So... I don't. As funny as a cannon would be, and I agree with people on that one. I don't. For, I don't think that that would work. Um, just again for the harming thing. So I did some research, and I looked into some stuff about the Potomac River. Now I've been in Washington D.C., so I've seen the river and stuff like that. And um, but to really realistically pull this off, we need to find a very narrow part of the river. And at its widest, what I found out is it could be a, it could be up to eleven miles wide. Now, we're not really gonna, there's no way to get them across 11 mile gap, no matter what. However, around the average is uh, 1300 feet in width. Now, that is something we can work with. So I started looking at places where there was, um, you know, 1300 feet in width, and it turns out that the Mather Gorge, uh, the Mather Gorge in Maryland uh, goes right across into Virginia. It provides us with a nice steep Canyon walls. So there's enough lift to get him over. And anyone who's played Red Dead Redemption online, if you go to the Northeast part where the Wolfman is and there's bears and shit, and there's a cougar or two, that's pretty much the Mather Gorge. So you get a feel for that area and you get a feel for, there are some narrow places there uh, between cliff drops. We do have to be careful That it's not too high that if for some reason he lands in the water, um, that would not be good for someone who is bound and gagged. Uh, He needs to be able to land somewhere, roll, uh, because he's going to be tied up in the shape of a a cannonball. And that's all physics that play into this. So we found a location, we have our location now. We have the Mather Gorge. And we have an area in there that's about 1,300 feet. So we can work with that. Now the only question becomes, as someone who studied catapults extensively over the course of the pandemic is what kind of catapult are we going to use? And the reason why we're going to go with catapult here also is simply because um, we learned through history and especially the Mongols, they used catapults. They weren't the inventor of the catapult. The catapult was actually invented um, basically uh in greco Roman times uh it was it was invented by hold on where's my notes uh, It was invented by the first person supposedly ever invented was a person named elder Dionysius in Greece by about four hundred b c and it remained pretty popular throughout history uh until about fifteen fifty but it the, the the technology spread everywhere from Europe to China to the mongols and as it turns out. Much like Dr. Fauci, the Mongols were one of the first people to utilize mass chemical warfare using a virus and a plague. So this is pretty fitting. Um, the Mongols were v- the very first people to use a catapult to launch bodies uh, at their enemies, and these bodies were in fa- were in fact infected by a plague. So we're already. Often running here. We already know this is going to work. So I used basic measurements of Dr. Fauci, who basically weighs about 155 pounds and stands about 5'7". Now, people would argue that that's not elven, uh, depending on what kind of fat fucking nerd you're talking to. Uh, some people believe elves, through lore, are actually tall and glorious and majestic beings, similar to Lord of the Rings and like Legolas and Orlando Bloom. So perhaps... Desantis maybe was referencing a goblin or an imp or a dwarf, um, however, there is uh, parts of lore that were Fauci could certainly be an elf. he could certainly work at the North Pole or he could certainly be baking delicious cookies inside of a tree so we 're going to go ahead with that uh, the the elf analogy uh, as much as he 's a goblin. And we're going to say, so Fauci stands about 155 pounds, right? And he's, he weighs about 155 pounds. He sits about five, seven. So we need, we need something that is tested to be able to hold architecturally and structurally a human body in the form of like a cannonball. And it turns out, thanks to our, uh, our Mongols from years and years ago, the first time that they used, uh, in history that's documented of using a body in a catapult as opposed to a rock or a piece of, you know, a a ball or an iron piece of ball or whatever was uh, over the storming of the city of Kaffa, where they used diseased bodies to throw at their enemies. And in doing so, they supposedly helped, and it's documented, spread the bubonic plague throughout Europe. So much like Fauci himself, who helped spread a plague throughout the world and Europe, um, this, this all just seems to fit line up. I want to go a little bit into exactly how they did this using catapults in the city of Kaffa. so a little bit of a history lesson uh, the world health organization says the bubonic plague killed an estimated 50 million people in the world in the 14th century in europe and a quarter of the population then died of the plague and some historic accounts claim it was all started when the mongols besieged a city called Kaffa, the colony republic of genoa on the crimean peninsula today is the city of fideosia in ukraine so now we have ukraine Folded into this, see how this is all just weaving itself together uh, beautifully. We have uh, we have a catapult used to launch diseased bodies, and uh, and it was supposedly used starting in Ukraine. So this is all coming together uh, outside the city walls. Tragedy struck, however, the Mongols. That heavy proportions of their army started dying because of this plague, which led the residents of Kaffa to think that they were safe. A uh, Italian notary named Gabriel de Musisi wrote a memoir on the siege saying that the Mongols started to hurl plague-infected cadavers over the walls of the city. This account is corroborated by the historian uh, Varis, and the hurling of cadavers later led to the spreading of the plague to residents of Kaffa. De Musisi claims that those who fled the city then brought the Black Death to the rest of Europe. Uh, Mark Wheelis, who's a microbiologist at the University of California, Davis, finds that the account plausible, but contests that the importance of the siege in spreading the disease to the rest of Europe. The plague spread west from the steppes of the Black and Caspian Seas from Crimea. The plague then spread through the rest of Europe. And uh, as I've said, I've taken notes. It's a very informative Medium post called "How the Mongols Helped Spread a Pandemic to Europe Through Biological Warfare," and using the cadavers and the bodies of their kinsmen and their own brother is basically the first instance in recorded history of the use of chemical warfare. But that's kind of beside the point. We know that Fauci has had COVID, but that's not the point. The point is that they were able to build structures of catapults that could launch human bodies uh, very far. So I wanted to go ahead and look into this style of catapult that they build. And they built what was called, there's different styles, most people don't know this, um, there's obviously the trebuchet, then there's different styles of catapults that are, that are, used for smaller, that they can push up a mountain faster and whatever. Um, but for this exercise, we need to go with the thing called the monogol catapult. And it's also called a traction trebuchet. And if you guys really want the poetic kicker, get ready. The monogol has originated in ancient China. Yes, that's right. Fauci is going to be leaving the country in the same way that he brought it in. Uh, via catapult, via the origins of something that happened in China. So, again, this is all beautifully woven together, and it's beautifully poetic. And there is a specific reason here that we're going with this. So I did some calculations. The uh, Mather Gorge is about 1,300 feet. We then need to figure out how... uh, We need to figure out the distance. We need to figure out the velocity. And then we also need to figure out the height. So the catapults do three things. When they launch something very high, which we don't want, they can launch something very far and very fast. So we need to cut down on height. What we're looking for here is distance and velocity. So we need something that's very fast and uh, something that can get him across the gorge, at least. And someone suggested... um, we put uh, a net for him when he lands. And I would suggest that that would disrupt the ecosystem too much. We'd have to get in there. We have to cut down trees. If you've ever been to this gorge, it's, it's woodland area. It's natural. So to actually cut down enough trees for him to land on a net is, is going to disrupt the climate. And so we don't want to do that. We do want to get him over to where he is able to roll gently enough. Again, as someone who will be bound and gagged and not able to talk for the journey up there. Um, if he rolls, he, he's infinitely safer from a limb snapping off or an arm breaking or neck. So if he's nice and tucked and if we duct tape him enough, maybe, you know, put some saran wrap around him to keep him nice and tight. Um, he'll just, he'll come to a rolling, a safe rolling stop. He'll land on like a bed of leaves or dirt or even a tree bed. And then he should be fine. It's up to him to find his way into Virginia somewhere, but that's not up to us. Uh, We're just trying to get him over the Potomac river. So we did some calculations here, and uh, the Fauci basically weighs 155 pounds. So we have to calculate, um, uh, let me see here too. We need to calculate uh, pounds to kilograms per weight. So let me figure this out here. So doing math, 155 pounds is basically 70 kilograms, okay? the average manganol, catapult, you need to increase the arm size as you increase weight. So for instance, if the projectile weight is 56 kilograms, um, that's not enough, that's obviously lower than what we're looking for. Um, We need to get to basically 70 kilograms, which equals about 160 in weight. So in order, the, the basic, the most it could take with a four foot seven arm is 56 kilograms. So just estimating, if we get to 70 kilograms, which is 155 pounds, which is basically what Fauci is, um, I'll I'll say 160, let's get, we need to get to 72 kilograms. So I didn't really average this one out, and if you have a pen and paper, maybe you can do this exactly. So a four-foot-seven arm at 56 kilograms, um, and I haven't equated range in yet, and I'll get to range. Um. If we go up to 72 kilograms, we're looking at something that is basically a five foot four to five seven long arm. And the arm being what we latch back, we put Fauci in the basket, and then we cut it loose and let him fly. Again, we're not looking for height. So a five and a half foot to six foot long arm should be plenty. Um, The other thing we must take into account here is rage. So if we're doing uh, meters here, okay, meters to feet, uh, remember, so the average monogal catapult uh, would would reach about 78 meters with a projectile weight of 56 kilograms and a four-foot-long arm. Well, 78 isn't really going to do it for us, okay? So we need to get him... 78 uh, meters is basically only 255 feet. We need to get him to 1,300. So we need basically a distance of 396 meters to get him over. So that should, however, with the increased distance of the arm, reach to that. Now, here here is the perfect kicker of why we're using this exact catapult is uh, a note that I found was at the siege of Manzikert in 1054, the Siluts and this initial siege artillery was countered by the defender's own which shot stones at the besieging machine. In response, the Seljuks constructed another uh, Monogol catapult requiring 400 men to pull and threw stones weighing 20, 20 kilograms each. A breach was created on the first shot, but the machine was burnt down by the defenders. Now, according to Matthew of Edessa, this machine weighed 3,400 kilograms, caused a number of casualties to the city's defenders. Um, I'm setting you up for something here, because now at the siege of Haizal in 1161, a monogol was reported to have had a range of 200 paces, which is over 400 meters. If we input meters to feet, 400 meters equals... 1,312 feet. We've done it. We have come up with all of our calculations. 1,312 feet gives us 12 feet to spare. He should get over the part of the Mather Gorge using the monogal uh, catapult invented in China, just like Fauci's virus, using gain of function from the Wuhan lab. So uh, we've figured this all out now. So for anyone who is upset at the idea of chucking an elf over the Potomac River, we have now calculated the exact kind of uh siege architecture we would need we've calculated the distance of what we would need the type of thing that is now proven that works built in china which is good um because everything we have now is made in china anyway and we're using weaponry that uh was used as a biological weapon by the mongols and also was used in sieges of ukraine so everything has now come together Everyone can stop freaking out. We have now figured out how to get Anthony Fauci safely out of Washington, D.C. and across the Potomac River, hopefully minimizing any injuries to him. But again, if he's rolled up really tight and if we give him a helmet, this is another thing. uh, I will give him a helmet. Um, I'm thinking of Washington Nationals batting helmet. Uh, I think that that's appropriate as he got to throw out the first pitch and then sit and witness a baseball game with his mask off while the rest of us were sitting at home in our holes under quarantine. I'm also willing to give him some goggles. Uh, However, I don't think that I think the goggles will do nothing, um, much like our masks. But I am willing if it if it's going to make him feel better, much like wearing masks is supposed to just make us feel better. They don't do anything that I'm willing to give Anthony Fauci a pair of goggles um, to make him feel at least safe and comfortable, um, even though the use of the goggles is completely negligible. So that is how we are going to get Anthony Fauci across the Potomac River. You can thank my extensive knowledge that I learned of catapults uh, while in quarantine because of Dr. Fauci. And the long-term effects, which we're still trying to figure out, uh, at least on myself, um, I don't really know. But I did pick up a breath of knowledge that, much like an M. Night Shyamalan film, has come back to help us all in the end. The only other thing is the rotating crew that would need to work with this at the time was 250 people. Uh, I don't think we need that. I think we just need a few people, you know, make sure it's braced on the hill. And I think I would just open that up to my super followers on Twitter. Uh, those would be the people that would hold the, uh, the catapult while Ron DeSantis. No, well, hold on. Ron DeSantis said somebody, not him, because that would look bad. So someone might have to volunteer to pull that lever, let Dr. Fauci fly safely over the Mather Gorge of the Potomac River. And into the nice, beautiful, gorgeous, wooded lands of Virginia. So we figured this out. Um, that is my bit. Thank you all for at least listening to this. I did not want to re-record this stuff, as you saw. There's information, and some of you might be apt to correct some of it. Um, as I said, I'm not willing to. I'm not, I'm not completely unwilling to be corrected here. Um, but at least now we figured it out. Our national media can stop clutching their pearls. We figured this out to do safely. Uh, if everything works. Uh, With the uh, physics of it all and the equations of it all, Anthony Fauci will be fine. He will be happy to retire once he makes his way out of the woods with his helmet and his goggles and leave the rest of us in peace. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do comments callers now for about the next 20, 30 minutes. So give me, if you have a better idea, I'm willing to hear it, but I seriously doubt it at this point. And you better, if you have a better idea of how we can do this, you better bring your design specs uh, because I brought mine. Stephen, how would you uh, get Anthony Fauci across the Potomac River and out of Washington, D.C. in our lives?
2: Uh, I'm not entirely, I've been trying to think of this all day and I can't really think of anything, but uh, it's good that you mentioned the baseball game because I was thinking that they can invite him to do a first pitch but just keep him going until he like actually like throws a strike or something. Um maybe maybe he can go down to the Tampa Bay Rays and uh DeSantis could sit there and make fun of him. Comic River doesn't run through Tampa Bay though. That's We're true. Tra- We're trying um, to get him across the river
1: safely. So our media, so our media doesn't accuse us of death threats or uh, drowning him or as I said, I'm ruling out the cannon. The other problem with the cannon as a cannon goes high, it doesn't go, you know, you have to have enough lift with a cannon. So if you, like, if you saw Jackass, everyone saw Johnny Knoxville, like, fly through the cannon and into the river, he hurt himself on that. That wasn't good. So the other, the other thing is, if he's going to be bound up and tight like a cannonball, and he, for some reason, we miscalculate the wind or whatever, he lands in the Potomac, all wrapped
2: up, bound and gagged, he's going to drown, and that's going to look really bad.
3: You know the, so, um,
2: like, really tall, like, slingshot things that you see at, like, amusement parks? Maybe, like, shoot them out of one of those. <laughs> uh, I can't hear what's going on.
1: You mean the, uh, so the slingshots in the parks where they put you in, like, the body harness? And they right. like pull you back and they fire you? Yeah. Those things really aren't calculated, though. We need to... Oh, it's, it's not we, safe at all. Yeah, I mean... Them. I mean, maybe we could have a parachute on it or something, but even then that might not open in time. So that's difficult. Maybe, I mean, that could be something where, like, let's, for instance, say we couldn't get up to the gorge. We just had to do it, like, right at the Lincoln Memorial or wherever with fireworks and the whole bit. Maybe then if we had to get them across, like, a 10-mile stretch of the Potomac River, maybe you use something like that. Um Somebody also suggested a hot air balloon. And, but my thing is, is I I just don't have fucking time for that. He, I mean, to get him into the hot air balloon, to take off, to use the trajectory of the hot air balloon to cross the river and then to bring it down, you're looking at hours and I don't want to give him a joyride. I just want to get him over there as safe and as fast as humanly possible and out of our lives. Thank you for your time, Steven. Thanks, Steven. Matt, do you have any other suggestions or are you on board with this plan?
2: Uh, maybe just give him an mRNA vaccine and call it a day. That might do the trick. How, how does how does that but, get him out I, of D.C. and across the Potomac? Oh, I thought you were just trying to talk about getting rid of him like altogether. Oh, no. <laughs> no,
1: no, Whoops. NSA. Whoops. We're not trying to do that, NSA, FBI. Um, apparently yeah, our fa- who apparently monitors Facebook now that we just learned briefly before coming on. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. We're just, we're just trying to get him across the Potomac river safely. We're not trying to like murder him. Like I said, I don't want to drown him. That's why we have to pick, uh, the narrowest part that fits. And like I said, if we have all the calculations of the mon- of the monocle catapult, uh, which is even document historically documented to at one point getting, uh, somebody 400 or launching a projectile at 400 meters which equals 1300 feet which is exactly the narrowest point or the average narrowest point of the potomac river it's just it's all poetic and it's all beautiful
2: yeah i i hover right at moron level so i'll let you figure this one out um one one comment that i was would have left in your podcast today is are you and i secretly hoping that this website that that hastily thrown together, I'm assuming to collect all this data for people that want to get this debt cancellation. I'm assuming um, that the Chinese and Russians are going to try to hack it. And the unintended consequence of this is going to be a big breach of data and hacking of millions of people's financial information and social security numbers. Uh, I said last night, (laughs) I I think I said last
1: night that I actually think the point of this website is to just harvest email addresses Um, (laughs) (laughs) and you put your, uh, you put your information in and I guess they're using it. I haven't looked at it. A couple of people who called in last night said they are going to look at it and possibly try to use it. So I think, um, I think that it's mainly, it'll do that of course. But you're crazy if you don't think that the White House is using it to capture email addresses for DNC mailing lists.
2: Yeah. And you're crazy if you don't think the Russians and the Chinese are either, especially if there's financial information flowing through there. So
1: I mean, they I don't already have, have that,
2: that everything. I mean, the Russia, especially China,
1: would probably just look at that and say, you know, we don't need email ha ha, ha because they have everything via TikTok now anyway. So they have your face data. They have your, you know, unique fingerprints from your touchscreen. They have your apps. They have your banking information. So I don't even know if they need to hack this information for student loan stuff. But I mean, I'm sure they'll just throw it on the stack of things that they'll eventually use over us when we start launching nukes at each other.
2: Yeah, I just I'm like fingers crossed, like this, because this is going to happen. Hopefully, it backfires in some way. I don't want people like your callers to have their information leaked, but. It, it couldn't hurt for just the comedy of it. Uh,
1: it wouldn't shock me because there is certainly going to be a lot of comedy that comes out of this website. and the <laughs> Executive order. And uh, we certainly won't realize the full breadth of how funny it's going to be until election night.
2: No, we won't. I'll, I'll talk to you, brother. Have a good night. Opie, do you have any comments on
1: any other easier ways to get Anthony Fauci across the Potomac River? Uh, we know chucking he... him, chucking him probably wouldn't work. I, I know that there's some shallow areas of the Potomac river, so we could just toss him and have him swim. But, um, no. you know, he's perfect bait for larger, you know, larger, uh, ocean like river, like mammals. There's some big fucking fish in that river.
4: So no, I don't want,
1: he... I don't want him hooked and baited or eaten. So, um, if, if anyone has any other ideas than the one that I just proposed and spent all afternoon on, I'm, I'm listening
3: the only response I have to your 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 math on it is that as someone over six foot, I've noticed that every man under five foot adds about four or five inches to their height. So he's probably like five two instead of five seven. So that may you may need to adjust your math there just on that. So
1: that would so let's say he's five two, which I'm fully willing to I'm fully willing to uh, stipulate. So if he's five two. He probably still... I mean, he could be 155 pounds, but he that would be more weight. He's a pretty lean guy. Like, he looks like a jogger. I'm
3: guessing he's oh. really like 130.
1: So if he's 130, then we, just, we, do, we do have to take out... Uh, we do have to take out weight. So hold on. So we're doing uh, pounds to kilograms. So I don't know this conversion off the top of my head. So if we're doing that, so if we're doing 130, then that's only 58 kilograms. So that kind of that puts us roughly right in the range of 56 kilograms. So we would really only pretty much need a four foot. I'm calculating this four foot inch, probably a five flat arm for distance and the range we would just keep the same keep according to what I'm looking at here with catapults and ranges. It would still just be 78 meters. So um, that could keep us, let me see here, 78 meters So that's still not gonna get us across. That's still only basically 255 feet. We need to get to 1300 feet. Um, so I don't know, we, we probably still have to calculate a longer arm and maybe if we got, maybe in order to get him to the weight, we put some like weights around him, like make him hold some barbells or some kettle balls or something uh, on on the way, just so the weight balances and he makes sure he gets over there Uh, because yeah, with these calculations He's going to fall real short, uh, pardon the pun. Yeah. So, uh, um, but yeah, there's there's ways to do it. Maybe we make him just hold a couple rolls of quarters or something. Um, yeah, uh, or, we just, one, like I said, tape a couple of kettleballs to his hands and and let him fly.
3: You know, uh, speaking of other oddly shaped gangly men, I'm not sure if you saw Blake Master's ad today, Stephen. I want to get your thoughts on... The right seemingly smartly kind of sitting around this on the topic of abortion, the European model, the six to 15. Week yeah. Method, yeah. Um,
1: I, then he's sitting with his kids. pivot has been pretty incredible. My first thought with that ad is uh, Disney's going to have it removed because he's flying around with a TIE fighter in his hand. <laughs> yes. And if you know anything about Disney and their intellectual property, they don't fuck around with things like that. So my first thought was they're going to get that ad removed. Like and they'll do it under the guise of copyright infringement. Uh, But, of course, because it's Blake Masters and because it's abortion, they're just going to nope, you have our you have our intellectual property in that ad and you need to get rid of it because we don't endorse you. Um, Disney for for, I mean, people who don't know, I mean, Disney's real serious about this shit. They sued a daycare center in Florida uh, because the daycare center painted Disney characters on the walls. And this happened kind of way back in the 90s like they used they basically painted Disney characters on the wall without licensing them and this was an in, this was a daycare center and Disney like brought the full weight of their lawyers uh, corporate lawyers down on top of this daycare center to to get rid of the characters so that was my first thought if you can tell where my fucking head has been all day um my second thought is i think that that's interesting that you know if you say the european model like this is more extreme than even europe you do that because Democrats and especially like the Bernie Sanders wing love to point to Europe for their standards. They point there for, you know, happiness of living and and college tuition and free college and all this stuff. And we saw the funniest thing is when like people like Brian Kerem and journalists put out that cartoon of the Statue of Liberty going back to France after Dobbs. And these are people who clearly don't understand or had no knowledge about France's abortion law. So I do think it's clever I think they need to do it more, like, say, in debates. I think that that's where it's more effective, where you can get Kelly to say, do you support unlimited abortion up to the crowning of the skull? Yes or no? And let him hem and haw and say, no, I support, you know, European. You say, well, what you want is more extreme than what's in Europe. And and you cite what it is in Europe and you put them on the spot. So I think it's effective in an ad. I think it's more effective if it's done on the spot.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, thanks, Stephen. Uh, I'll I'll let Andrew come on. Okay. Thanks, Opie.
1: Andrew, welcome. Do you have any uh, any stipulations, or do you see any flaws in my in my catapult plan for Dr. Anthony Fauci? Actually, have, my notice you know, on the flaws might have
0: my suggestion for the flaw might actually be the opposite of uh, Opie. Uh, you need to remember that you're adding extra weight beyond the one fifty five because you're going to put give him that helmet. You're going to tie him up, and what I assume is a straight jacket, just so you could.
3: Well, well you know, yeah, he needs he needs to be he needs to be bundled
1: and... up really tight. So like I said, I suggest yeah, maybe so
0: a straight jacket, get him get
1: him bad. in the get him in the fetal position with his arms around his legs so he's balled up then we either duct tape him and bound and gag him and then we also I suggested you know that you know that moving saran wrap stuff you can get on a roll where Yeah, it's actually it's, really good. It's
0: good for It's like
1: a giant hand roll. I think just yeah, wrap, not his head because we don't want to suffocate him, but just you run that thing around him like a dozen times to where it's tight and he can't move. And then it's also easy to get out of. So once he lands, we're not going to have anybody over there to help him land. We're just seeing him off. You know, it's like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your service, doctor. Thank you for everything. Goodbye. And he's gone. So it's also going to be something that when he lands and he rolls, that is, it should be easy for him to get out of because it's going to get poked in sticks and and maybe a bear or two or whatever. So he should be able to get out of it pretty easy. The batting helmet, the batting helmet weight is negligible because it's made of, you know, composites. So those things are made of like nylon now. So they're super light, they're super protective, but they are super light. So I think that that's, I think that that's negligible as far as adding to the weight. And then I'm also thinking, like, clothes. He's just in, like, a jogger suit. You know, just, like, workout clothes. Um, maybe something to keep him warm in, in the night. So I think if we did this at sunset, it would be really beautiful. I think it would be a nice right. scene. Um, if, you know, sort of we, like
0: a, a, out of that Prohibition episode of The Simpsons, right?
1: Sure. Yep, thank you for your service. We thank you. Goodbye. Um, but if we did it at sunset, if we got the thing built... Um, we would have the schematics so it'd all be ready to go. Um, and we got this thing built. We found the right spot. It'd have to, obviously we'd have to make sure that, you know, we're in the feet. We could have drones for that. You know, drones could calculate the 1300 feet. Um, so as long as we got it all built, I'm, I'm thinking sunset, all of us have just a, a nice nightcap in our hand and we could do champagne. It could be almost be like a wedding. Maybe we could have a wedding. We could just have people do it right there. Um, so yeah, but I do appreciate I'm I'm always open, you know, like this is kind of like, you know, NASA where, you know, people should come with their ideas and they should, hey, hold on, your 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 calculation might be off. Have we considered, you know, the weight for his uh sandals or something? So I you think know, you know, you just got to be, be sure okay. because we
0: don't want him to we don't want him to get wet. We don't want him to fall in and we just want to make sure he lands right in a pile of leaves. Just yeah, up, just
1: right on, right up. Not rocks, because if you've ever seen the the Mather Gorge, it's these steep cliff faces. But if you just go like a few yards, and like I said, if if we can get him to thirteen twelve, which is what I calculated using this particular device, uh, that should that that twelve feet should give him enough of a bedding. And we obviously, if we do it on a windy day, where the wind is at, is at his back, kind of like if we were kicking a field goal. Um, it should push him even further. So, yeah, we don't want him to hit the side of the cliff face. And I'm, we're not going to be way up there. These, these cliff faces are only, you know, they're tall. You probably don't want to jump off of them. Um, but they're not, like, so extremely mountain tall to where if he hits, he's going to instantly die. So you want to pick somewhere that's narrow. It's a little bit tall just because you want the lift. I'm not asking to put him up on a giant, you know, blasted Mohican-style cliff face here. Right. Um,
0: that, that's, just just that's something that's enough of
1: enough of a way off the ground to where the the wind beneath him can carry him just a little bit more. So.
0: Right. Uh, but my other thing is, how hard is it to to not make Marjorie Taylor Greene actually look mildly sympathetic in your conversation? How has the White House actually managed to screw up that badly?
1: Um, I, I quite, because I was preparing and I was doing my podcast today, and then I was. Seething with my my own rage over the technical problems with the podcast that costed me you know two hours of recording, uh, I saw that she had been swatted twice. And I do think it's, I do think it's fair to take her with a grain of salt when she says that I'm the first person I'm like, all right, we need to see police report, you know, and then it turns out that they had like a computerized voice who took credit for it because they are with a thing called Kiwi Farms, who is trans, whatever. And even then I'm kind of like, okay, and it's a ro- it's a robo voice. So anybody can fake that. Um, and then of course, now we have the latest instance of this White House proving that they are a hundred percent governed by resistance Twitter. As we saw with this comparison of PPP loans, uh, comparison to relieving of student debt, um, I, I went more into that as well a little bit on my podcast today. I'm going to do that part tomorrow. I'm going I'm to redo that part tomorrow when I wake up and I'm a little bit refreshed. Um, I, I don't understand what the White House thinks that they are doing here. Uh, I I think that this is their deflecting, especially in the wake of the Washington Post editorial board coming out and going, you're nuts for doing this. Um, For what people who don't know, the White House went on a Twitter thread naming everyone who took PPP loans that are being critical of forgiving student debt. That includes Congress members and includes just political opponents, et cetera. And I quite haven't gotten to the bottom of the rage that that I'm feeling around this. And I go into it a little bit more with the justification that this White House is using to do this. And Jackie, and I'm going to be writing about this at Examiner, but Jackie Heinrich hit it today. Either we're in a COVID emergency uh, where we cannot lift Title 42, which the administration argued in court, We're we're no longer in a COVID emergency, so open up the border, basically. I think that that's going to be the standing to get this thing thrown out and blocked. Because if the administration itself has already argued in court in front of a judge, that we're not an emergency and the justification for the, for relieving student debt is that we're still in a COVID emergency, they can pretty much literally justify anything under the guise of we're in a COVID emergency. So you have this president teetering real close to Emperor Palpatine territory here uh, by using emergency powers granted to him by the Congress that he's using that have nothing to do with an emergency. And so this idea that you're now going to go after people for taking out a PPP loan, which is not a student loan. We were, people took that out to keep their businesses alive. They took that out to pay employees. Um, and, and as I said on Twitter just before I came on here, I said, so you're saying that the government forces my business to close and I have to take a PPP loan then to pay my employees during that time. And then later that same government will put me in a database and use it to attack me. I don't think the White House thought this out very much. And if I'm the GOP, I am tying this around every single fucking Senate candidate's neck right now. I'm going up to Tim Ryan and I'm saying, Tim, do you agree that with the White House attacking people who had to take out a PPP loan? And uh, now you have the the White House, which Biden signed an extension of in April of 2021. He's now attacking people over having to take a loan because the government forced their business to close. This is not the same as voluntarily taking out a student loan, but I wouldn't even do that. I would go up to John Fetterman and I would say, Are, do you agree with attacking people over being forced to take a PPP loan because of the federal government? And then let him answer like,
0: putting our or death,
1: and stomping his foot and to see where that gets him in the election. I don't think that they thought this out. I'm kind of with Charles Cook on this where I see people outraged and yeah, it's an outrage. Um, I hope everyone's enjoying the norms that we just returned to. Um, But I don't think that this is going to go the way the white house intended. And I can tell you that because I posted that tweet 50 minutes ago and it's already over 2000 likes.
0: It's just, it's just so ignorant, but I'll let you get back and talk to the rest of the guys before the end of the the call. You have a great day.
1: Thanks, Andrew. Uh, This is, this is going to be great. We have two callers left Ian and Jenny, and then we're going to wrap it up. As I said, this is, this was going to be more of a traditional hour long podcast um, so, but I, I'll take comments obviously like I do on the other podcast and, uh, Ian, uh, do you see any flaws in my flaw proof, uh, plan to get Fauci over the Potomac river safely? And, uh, or do you have a plan of your own?
5: Well, I think it's actually a very good plan. i need to, I need to design build out a, a free body diagram to make sure that all of your math is, is spot on or the technical term. I think it's pretty close.
1: I, I double checked yeah. it. Like I, I don't have the math mathematical wherewithal to convert, you know, and I'm not autistic enough to convert pounds to, uh, kilograms in my head or feet to meters in my head. I'm sorry. I am not that advanced, but I did use Google's calculator to kind of make sure everything was set. And as I was researching the different kinds of catapults, which I said, I, I started doing during the pandemic when Fauci was saying things like, no, you can't have a wedding or you can know you cannot go to your funeral. Um, so I thought it 's great that we get to put this knowledge to to work i 'm happy that I sort it for a reason um, <laughs> so, but fully, i 'm fully willing for people to make double check because i don 't want him hurt we 're just getting we 're just chucking him across the river, as Governor DeSantis said and i don 't want anyone in the media to think that you know this is a death threat or we 're we're here to hurt him uh, we 're here to make sure that he gets chucked across the river safely and properly
5: well it 's like the old uh... The old saying, it's not the fall that kills you, it's a sudden stop at the end, With a big concern is uh, diffusing the, the momentum at the end, not necessarily the actual process of getting him across.
1: Yeah, th- so that's why we don't want too much height, because obviously he's, if we go too high and he comes down fast, he's going to come down with velocity. So that's why we're, t- we're, we're looking more along the lines of distance with a little bit of speed, but a seven-foot arm on a catapult is enough like we're not talking like a giant trebuchet with a 30 foot long arm that we're sieging a castle we're using this as a you know a transportation device uh to get him over so i think with a seven foot arm that can just get him 1300 feet i mean that's not a a lot of distance i mean it is but if we can kind of keep him low to the ground and just kind of do it like a baseball pitch, you know, like, like his pitch when he threw it way wide. And then he got to enjoy a baseball game without his mask on. So if we can just do like a sidearm. Maybe that's the way we can do it. Maybe we don't even have to go over the top. Maybe we do it from the side where we, we brace him in the basket, pull it all the way back, and then just let it go through the side like a Wiley Coyote. The problem with that is that might carry him too far to the left. But I'm, willing, I'm open to ideas here. You do engineering, well, though, too, don't you?
5: Well, not, not anymore, but I've, I've studied oh, okay. it. and the, You have the knowledge You
1: have the knowledge yes. to at least and, draw up the and, schematics and, and test this theory in theory without actually harming him.
5: Correct. And we would need to make sure he's wearing a skin-tight suit so that it, it reduces wind resistance. Yeah, I basically... Yeah, I said that, have to do I, over I, the top. Yeah, I said, so like, a to track add suit. That, add that vertical. Yeah, it.
1: a track suit should be fine. Yeah. What do you think about this idea? You know those rollers with the giant saran wrap on them that people use for moving? Yeah. Yeah, as you've been listening, that's my idea is get him really tight in a ball, right? And then just wrap that thing around him a ton. Like just run around and wrapping
5: that thing. And that get him is, to where he, that is a it, very good idea. It reduces surface area that's taking on the wind yeah, as it's flying why, through the air.
1: That's why we don't want to use bubble wrap, because bubble wrap is gonna trap air. And that's going to yeah. carry him. That could carry him way off course. And that's a problem.
5: Well, it's not um, so much that it would carry him off course. It's that it would it would like slow ball. him down too much. Especially if we're if we're only given 12 feet of leeway. Uh, right. Slap that's, but I'm also
1: not taking into account the wind. That's without wind. So if we picked a day where we had a little bit of a breeze at our backs, then that'll give him more. Um, so that'll give him a little bit more carrying distance. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. We don't want him going like a golf ball. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, what? What? So, if you were, but in your engineering plans, because if you've done it or if you studied it, what else, What would you add, or is there something better that you you could suggest?
5: Well, the, I mean, the catapult. You do it for flavor. There's a reason why we don't use catapults as much now. It's it's less efficient in terms of the use of energy.
1: Oh yeah, as, right. Well, yeah, we're not going to war. We're just we're just trying to yeah. get him
5: over. You know. So, I mean, we could, uh, it's also, like, we could look at using a trebuchet instead of an actual catapult, but then, like you said, the reason we're using that particular style of catapult is because it's the the Chinese design, and it's just apropos.
1: And it would be, it's something that is also man-made in China. So,
5: yeah,
1: um, Fauci would, I think that would also be comfortable with him, if we told him, look, you know, we're not here to hurt you. And if he was like, Ooh, geez, geez, or whatever, and we said, look, we, we built this in honor of you because this is, you know, made in China. And also, you know, it, this particular form of catapult was also used to, to spread a plague. So just like him, both times. So uh-huh. I, I think that there's there's a, there's some poetry to that, I think. And so uh, as I was looking into this, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then finally, as I was reading more about it and I read about, hey, they like one of these actually got, you know, a piece of artillery, like a rock that probably weighs less than he does, um, or I'm sorry, probably weighed more than he does 400, you know, meters, which is in feet exactly the distance we need. Mm -hmm. So um, it all just poetically comes together. And like I said, if we, I think the media pictured DeSantis like with, you know, drooling blood with claws and you know laughing like a madman and throwing him into the river and like that and so uh I'm here to just clear up the misconceptions that our media is doing about actually chucking an elf across the Potomac so we wanted to actually do this in a way that is logical and physically possible and humane and we're not here to hurt him or get him killed we're just here to get him out of our lives once and for all whatever That's happens awesome. once whatever happens once he hits the ground in Virginia that's on them. That's not on us. We're just here to see him off. You know.
5: Yeah. I suppose the if we, we want to make sure he gets there safe, we would want to design a sort of pod that works in the same way that your your front bumper and back bumper and rear bumper work in a car accident. Mm. So it, it absorbs. You'd have to figure. The
1: you'd have to figure that one out. I don't. I don't know. I don't know enough about that stuff to like slow him down. My my goal would be to just get him to roll to a stop. And so, you know, we'd have to pick a good open area, but there are a lot of trees and I understand. I mean, there's, there's some risk here still. I'm not saying that this is totally risk free, uh, much like the vaccine, Um, so I'm just saying that, you know what, if we can just get him over there safe and sound, and hopefully, you know, we'll even tell someone to pick him up when he's over there or something. And and as long as he's out of our lives, I think it's okay.
5: Exactly. That's, I mean, you have the ultimate and most important goal in mind. And really, that's how you should start every, every brainstorming and planning session
1: yes it 's his safety i 'm taking dr fauci 's safety, safety very seriously here, much like he took our safety very seriously by not allowing to visit people in the hospital that were dying precisely yeah what what else you got for me ian
5: so the i uh, am a bit disappointed i wasn 't able to call in yesterday because i am I am one of those
1: you know we went for like two, three hours, right? You had your chance. yeah.
5: I'll be honest, I didn't check in because I thought that it was. I it was like ten thirty, and I was he's like, oh, still fucking he's going. Probably, what? The? He's probably what the fuck by This guy not have any friends. What the hell?
1: Yeah, it's, I because time flies so fast. Like, all right, like we've already been here an hour, and it's just been like whatever. But um, I didn't want to cut told, anybody off, and exactly so him. everybody. I ended up with like 17 callers in line. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I should have split this one into two. But I took everyone, so.
5: I pulled it up this this afternoon. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he went for three hours.
1: Yeah, I don't uh, edit those down. I mean, th- I know people on call and edit out people. And they edit it down for, you know, content and stuff. And that kind of goes against why I do this. I do this to hear from people. And I don't want to, you know, even if some someone's maybe not as interesting to the room or whatever like that. Um, I just, I just believe in kind of leaving them in there and then they can take the podcast and send it off because these are all public. These are all be published. This one's going to be a fun one to get clipped. Um, and so, yeah, we just ended up having one of those marathons just because we had a lot of people who have thoughts about student loans. I think, I think Brandon's going to find out just how many people have thoughts about student loans here in a couple of months.
5: I would say so. I think it's so, but I I
1: I interrupted you. You said you had a, you were on your way to saying you had a, a student loan story, I think.
5: Yeah, well, so I, uh, I have two graduate degrees,
4: and
5: my, for my undergraduate degree, I had a full ride of scholarships, and that's the reason why I went to my in-state state school, And but as someone who decided that he didn't like engineering, I went back and got degrees in finance because I thought I'd sell my, sell, my soul to the banks instead of the oil companies. They, they pay better, I suppose and the the entire point of it, like the the idea of you were talking to a few people of like the hypocrite uh, being Hippocratic about taking the loans when you're opposed to it in theory my my general position on that is I'm opposed to ninety nine percent of the government's funding on everything, and so saying that taking out the actually leveraging the benefits of this policy is equivalent to someone saying well you're you're opposed to the taxpayers paying for the the roads to be paved with the rain tax in maryland and yet you still drive on the roads very hypocritical of you don't you think and it's i see it as i am paying the i am paying for 4.2 percent of my income annually For a program that is going to be insolvent within a decade, and it's supposed to be something I'm paying in as I will receive Medicare and Social Security when I retire in 40 years, it won't be there. Based upon the current funding trajectory, it's not going to exist. It will not be there. And so if you want, you can say that it's just me providing a random justification, but I'm getting out of this program what i expect will not be there when i'm supposed to be getting out of the social security uh not to mention the fact that i don't agree with the general concept with most of the government programs in existence and uh, the income tax on a general basis so it's more of the randian approach of I'm taking back the money that the government is taking from me on an annual basis.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I wish, this is why I wish I had this podcast up today is because I go, I go a lot into what Jackie Heinrichs is saying about they have, they have no justification to do this. And it's, what's interesting to me is that the people, and even like I said, and even wash Post is like, bro, pump the brakes here. It really is one of the most cynical things I've seen a White House do in maybe the last 10 years to my lifetime, which is they're basically doing this to try and turn out educated, college-educated Lululemon white women uh, at the risk of basically alienating African-Americans and Hispanics, which are they're already alienating, uh, with this policy. And you can see how the way they're spinning it. They don't have a good way to spin this. And like I said, Jackie Heinrichs today from Fox really hit them on the head with it, which is how are you justifying this under an emergency act? If you're going out, going around saying you've shut the virus down, like, and the fact that she's the only fucking journalist in the entire room. And so far in the entire industry that is, that is approaching it that way. Like, dude, you campaigned on shutting a virus down. Shutting the virus down is not using emergency powers granted to you through the heroes act two and a half years or two years, which we're almost at, into his presidency. And as I said on the podcast, I said on the call-in last night when we dove into this, yesterday was the very first day I'm convinced that Ron Clay and Susan Rice are making the old man walk around in a mask for strictly that reason. And it's one of these things where I, I said today on the podcast, I feel like Frank Grimes, just like, <laughs> why are you wearing a mask? Like, yeah! You know, just like, Gah! like, I'm ready to lose my mind over this old man doing his old man walk alone by himself across the South Lawn in a mask. And it's like, are you afraid of getting COVID again? Like, you've had you've had it twice. Your wife has had it twice. Like, you have COVID more than the original fucking bat that that gave it to everyone here. Um, and t- yesterday was the very first day where I'm like, you're trying to justify an emergency. And I was waiting for him to give the Palpatine speech about the Jedi. Like, he's coming out in a mask and saying, I've survived the attack, but my will is stronger than ever. And he, like I said, he's dancing dangerously close to Palpatine territory here by, you know, using emergency powers invested to in him over something that we all know isn't an emergency. And so the fact that there's no journalists asking him about this, going, you said you were going to shut the virus down. How is, how is using COVID emergency... Two years into your term, shutting the virus down. And this is an action from a White House that knows the journalists aren't going to ask him that question because journalists in D.C. are probably one of the primary fucking beneficiaries of this uh, forbearance.
5: I mean, you're exactly right. There is literally no justification that can be put in. It is among the most regressive approaches. I uh, I was talking to some of my friends that I graduated with and a lot of them graduated in different fields. Obviously, multiple of them are uh, engineers, as that's what I studied in undergrad, but a couple of them are teachers, and, like, one of them very clearly said, I think that if you take out a loan, you should have to pay it. Like, the people talk about how it's predatory to do this, and it's like, you don't need to go to a $70,000 a year school to learn how to teach. You don't. But it is something that I do want to point out is, and it's just for messaging purposes, when people over the age of 40 and over the age of 50 start talking to students now that are just leaving college about, well, why didn't you just work harder? Why didn't you just, like, make sure that you took out a, had a part-time job to cover it? I mean,
1: because they don't because they don't want to leave Manhattan. And I said this today, too, in this bogus file, which is you're seeing a lot of this attitude where they, you know, they they go to NYU or Occidental to study, you know, Lena Dunham film studies or get their degree in uh, feminist humanity or whatever like that, because they want to live in New York City and they want to live in San Francisco. And they can't do that with a four hundred dollar a month loan or whatever like that. Um, and that's really all this shit boils down to. It's it's people just I don't want to do it because I want to live in New York or or something like that. And again, that's to me what is so cynical that again you're making people who have paid their loans off or haven't paid student loans. It's effectively a two thousand dollar tax increase on on every single person. That's that's what we're paying according to CNBC through Wharton's. And so again, when you have John Furman, who's the head of Obama's economic <laughs> council going this bad like done this as i said last night he doesn't care this is who joe biden is he's a, he's a uh, establishment generic dem who's just trying to get through to the through the, the next election and that's what he did as a senator you just get through to the next election and he's doing this to get through to the midterms and we'll see what he does heading into the presidential election i guess if he's going to be the nominee which i don't think he is
5: yeah, I, well, the, I was actually more going towards a, a messaging approach for people that are trying to explain to the younger folks of why it is such a bad idea to do this, which is that a lot of people that graduated in the eight, 70s and 80s and to a lesser extent, the 90s, aren't aware of the existing costs of college. Now, this is not some sort of boo-hoo, like you knew what the costs were, but it is pointing out that the methodology for paying off a public university, I went to West Virginia University. It's probably one of the cheapest state schools in the country for you to attend for an engineering program. And so the, the important thing to keep in mind is that things have been inflated by the existing policy that's been in place for 20 years, 30 years in which the federal government has been subsidizing this and backing these thus allowing the system to perpetuate increasing tuition costs. And uh, a lot of people that are older seem to approach this as, well, why didn't you just get a part-time job working 20, 30 hours in school? to pay off those loans. And that's just not a tenable approach now. Now, that's not saying people should get their loans forgiven. But when you approach it in that way, and that's how you start the discussion, a lot of the younger folks who the cheapest option they had was $15,000 a year, $20,000 a year to get an engineering degree, a lot of them will tune you out from the outset, because you come off as someone who is not familiar with, with what the current situation is.
1: Right. But this doesn't fix any of that, is the problem.
5: This, oh, I mean, no, you're exactly
1: this, right. This, this, sure this, is, this is a cynical election ploy. This doesn't do anything to address tuition, which, I mean, you have Elizabeth Warren, you have Chief Warren, you know, banging her pump you know, her wampum on Twitter right now about mitch mitch time charlotte alter who's just one of the worst fucking people in all of print journalism who wrote for time magazine went through everyone like republicans and what they paid for college and so she goes through this entire piece naming people like mitch mcconnell and a few others saying oh they're critical of relieving student debt but when he went to school it was only three hundred dollars that's a completely different topic than student loans like you're talking about tuition, you're ta- and, and so Elizabeth Warren is now out here, you know, circling the wagons and taking a gamble on promoting that piece and saying, "Why did Mitch McConnell fix this, um, sweetheart? You're the one who taught at Harvard for two years, one class at four hundred thirty thousand dollars a year." And that money could have gone to tuition and scholarships. And, of course, again, this is where you would have an honest media say that to her and, you know, say, ma'am, you're, why did you take $400,000 to teach one course at Harvard? You know, you could have easily lived off of 200 or half of that or even a 100 grand to teach one course. And 300,000 of that could have gone to tuition. It could have gone to whatever. So no one's addressing, you know, the fact that – a university has, have hired an army of, for instance, you know, diversity, inclusion, and equity counselors at, at six-figure salaries. And that's because, again, the media agrees with that. So they're not going to attack universities. And certainly Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren, who's, you know, who most of their donations come from, you know, endowments and universities and education professionals, they're not going to attack universities in this way either. And so... I saw a great suggestion that said, go in and you tax the fuck out of endowments and you make, uh, you triple the debt uh, on these universities and you make that the, the uh, the DE, the, DE, the new DEI people pay for them. And so that's really the only way out of it. Uh, but I mean, this action is it's, it's everything. It's illegal. It's unconstitutional. It's it's a legitimate reason to impeach him. And the reason you would impeach him over this is to let future presidents know, because that's, what's going to happen there because of COVID, and you can naively, I guess, bl- or blame a naive Donald Trump for this is because that now we have a COVID, which is going to be around forever. Everyone, we're going to be catching COVID next year, two years from now, three years from now. So as long as COVID is out there, you can basically bet on a president and most likely a Democrat president using this act to push anything they want. Now they're going to say we're forgiving medical debt. Or we need to do this act because COVID is affecting parts of the climate or vehicles. I mean, they're going to use this for for anything. And that's why you impeach him over this. You send a message to any president who decides that we're going to try this in the future. No, you're not going to do it. And even if it doesn't remove him from office, you you impeach him over this, I think. And it's the first legitimate thing that you should. And I've said that they're going to do it anyway. But here you have a legitimate reason to do it.
5: I would argue that the first thing was the eviction moratorium when he came out
1: and said... that. This, and this it, is right. This is no different. It's, I'm going to say and do this. The court will block me. And if anything, I get a talking point out of it that say, hey, see, I, tr- I tried to waste student debt, but that evil conservative Supreme Court wouldn't let me. So, Ian, I'll give you the last thought.
5: Yeah, I just just wanted to reiterate. It was uh, What I was saying there was purely for if you're trying to explain to younger people why they shouldn't be in favor of this it's important to like not start off by essentially coming off as someone who is unfamiliar with the current situation and yeah. i'm open to the the taxing of the endowments i also think that making it so that you can alleviate the debt the student debt in bankruptcy and making the universities an alternative payer in the case of bankruptcies might be something worth doing, worth looking at. I'm not sure how bankruptcy law works, but
1: yeah, I that, I mean, that's hard to say I couldn't get a job and therefore the university's on the hook for this. Now, what's interesting is Obama, and we talked about this last night and I'm, I'm going to move on to Jenny and wrap yeah, things I'll, up.
5: I'll
1: um, okay. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is, uh, you know, Obama went after ITT tech and Phoenix universities to, you know, on these sham degrees, whatever. um, And nobody really got upset about that. They were kind of like, yeah, this, if you're some of these, you know, technical colleges that lure students in and predatory lending and whatever, nobody really threw a fit over that. But people did say is, where is this going to go? You know, are you going to hold all all institutions on the hook for some student loan stuff? And of course they're not going to do that because you're talking about one of the primary doning donor uh, groups of the Democratic Party, Jenny, thanks for being patient. Bring us home, wrap us up. Um, do you see any flaws in my plan to chuck an elf across the Potomac River? Do you have any other better ideas uh, on how on how we could accomplish that safely? NSA um, or uh, did you see any flaws in my math or design there
4: well, if we 're going to have science, you really should get Francis Collins to partner with Pfizer. To do an efficacy study to make sure that your plan is stu- is solid <laughs> and I need that to be double blind, placeboed, and uh, written about in ten different journals before you even presume to send that man flying into space
1: well he 's not going into space he 's just going a few hundred feet it, or actually thirteen hundred feet to be precise thirteen hundred and twelve feet
4: I do uh, think to- it 's a solid plan. I would like to see fireworks, maybe he could be the the highlight of the fireworks show sunset and pay-per-view you should sell tickets and donate all of the money to the beagle preservation fund
1: yeah we we should we should figure out a way to work some beagles in there um maybe we can we can bring some along for the scenic view i'm i'm all for like People coming along for this, you know, we can set up a seating section. I don't know how I feel about charging people for that. I think the people uh, should have a view to this. Um, we shouldn't have to pay for any of that. Um, oh, I'd pay,
4: I'd pay money for a pay per view. I think yeah, that would be pure spectacle glory.
1: If we could invite ten, how about this? If we could invite ten VIPs to his sending off. Who who do you think we should have? I think Janice Dean is one.
4: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I
1: think uh, I th- who are some of the red state governors that ignored him. Obviously, DeSantis will be DeSantis. there. Remember, DeSantis can't can't be the one to do it. Remember, he said someone needs to chuck this elf across the Potomac, not him, because we don't know how the the press is going to paint that. So, but he can definitely be. He can view. He can definitely sit there and view. There um, is
4: one. There is one. Scientist I can think of, who really should be given the honors, and that is Dr. Leonard Horowitz, who wrote the book Emerging Viruses back in the '90s, and outed Fauci as the source of so much AIDS disinformation. He and- was,
1: yeah. I mean, what, what's so funny? I mean, as someone who you know, I, I I have to pay attention to the news, and then when the pandemic hit, it took up all of our lives. I didn't. I knew who he was but I didn't like know who he was, if that makes sense. So he becomes this kind of main character in our lives. And then is is someone who again is forced to listen to him. And, say, and as I said, I, I had nothing against, I don't think most people had anything against Fauci when, um, when he arrived on the scene, I think it was very much, okay, he's the head of the NAID. We should listen to him. He's a, he's a virologist. He's an expert on the stuff. And then about four to three to four months in, and I get that there was a MAGA contingent who didn't like him because you had a media that was pitting him against Trump. And people forget that Fauci even had a radio interview early on where he's like, I'm not fighting with Trump. Like, we we listen to each other, we get along, so no, this thing that you're trying to do, you're trying to pit us against each other here. Um, I was like, okay, this guy's he's not taking the media's bait here. And then somewhere along the lines, he started to hear organs inside his head. And, you know, he was getting magazine covers and he, he was getting attention He was getting attention from the media. And I think he figured out that if he got attention, good attention from the media, that was going to benefit him and maybe his messaging long term. And once, you know, once you realize what their game is, which is just they're not out for information. They're out to pit people against each other. And I've said that my biggest complaint is about these things with him and Rand Paul if you look at their exchanges or Fauci's exchanges, it's never, okay, here's what Rand Paul is saying about NAID funding to gain the function research through Echo Health Alliance, which used, uh, which funding was used to fund excursions into Southern China, back caves uh, where several workers got sick with respiratory viruses. And then they transferred these bats to the Wuhan Institute. And then after that, we have no fucking idea what happened. Like even Fauci, oh,
0: we, we lost the money. I don't know.
1: Um, our media's job should be to figure out the truth of those statements. And then Fauci comes back and says, you know, no, I
0: didn't. You're a liar.
1: Um, we should be figuring out, okay, who's lying. Let's follow this paperwork. Let's, follow. But we know the media sells it as Rand Paul versus Anthony Fauci and fuck you. Um, and that's how they sell it. And I think Fauci learned that, that he could be glorified in the media and benefit at least his message Uh Early on, and so that's why he just said, All right, I'm going over there with them <laughs> because they're going to really, be nicer to me. And they're deifying me, they're buying underwear with my face on it. And you know, he they're, like, into putting, the
4: whole cult yeah. personality they oh, did. And
1: him. then when people started to question some of his decisions, like, Hold on here, doctor, why in an email, I think it was January 11th email, uh, when one of these virologists said to you, We've never seen this strain in a zoonotic virus, this looks manipulated somehow. They didn't say how. They just looked at the protein strains and they went, This doesn't look natural. This does this looks something that's uh manipulated. And then Fauci said, Okay, thanks, and then three days later basically said, You're a, came back and said you're a kook after getting on a conference call with Peter Dotchik. He needs to answer for why he changed his mind in three days.
4: Yes. And things he does. like that.
1: And so That's And then, of course, the clips of him coming out with, you know, everyone needs to be masked all the time when two months later, two months earlier, he's like, no one needs to be walking around in a mask. And then he comes out and he says, well, the reason I said that is because we didn't want to run on masks. Yeah, a noble lie is still a lie, doctor. And that's, that's kind of what I said. That's when I wrote, I think I was one of the first people in public, you know, in publishing to call for his resignation. Like, January 1st of 2021 or something. And I said, it's because of this. It's not because of, you know, smoking gun stuff. It's because he lied to us and he did it knowingly and he did it willingly. And again, if you go see a doctor and a doctor finds cancer in your leg and he just tells you, oh, it's just a cramp, you know, just because he wants to make you feel better. That's that's an abuse. That's an abuse of the Hippocratic Oath. And that's when it becomes a bureaucrat and not a medical doctor as he claims and then he spun uh, being a doctor as being science and if you oppose me you're opposing science and i think that that at that point that's when everybody said we've had enough of you catapult
4: yeah that peter dazak smoking gone to me those emails they need to be unredacted that that is where i think he will truly get nailed when when there are there are hearings and um, i appreciate your your bravery in writing back in the day because I know you took some real hits for that yeah
1: I mean it's not bravery it's just it's a point it's a point of view and it turns out what was the correct point of view so I mean it's not it's never like really I mean what what when you write something it's not really bravery it's um it, it's just like here's what needs to be said here here's why this here's why I think this way here's why I'm backing this up here's why he needs to resign. And, uh, you know, eventually, you know, it it is good to be ahead of the curve. And as I said, I turned out to be pretty ahead of the curve with chucking an elf across the Potomac river. I was kind of (laughs) the first one that came up with a plan to do that uh, because because of all the, because of all the research I did over the course of being quarantined.
4: Yes. Kudos to you. I got to tell you, I'm a long-term vaccine abolitionist and I organized one of the only national conferences, uh, rallies that we had around the h1n1 and yeah. my par- my partner sherry came who helped me organize this event the denver Capitol, uh we came up with the idea for making posters wanted for genocide and when you
1: when you say a vaccine abolitionist do you mean anti, uh, do you mean anti-vaccination
4: no i want to see the whole thing completely abolished oh okay the whole vaccination program from beginning okay. to end upside down inside out gone
1: Okay. I'm not judging. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not curious what the terminology meant. Um, so why, why, why do you like, basically when you go off and you just like any vaccination, are you talking like any vaccinations or just, are you talking about um, just s- specifically the, the COVID vaccinations or what?
4: I'm talking everything. And in the early 1900s, when we had the first big flu that killed so many people, I believe that was a biological weapon. And from that day to this, it's all been smoke and mirrors. And, you know, I feel like I've done due diligence enough with my own research that I can comfortably say that.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm probably not quite there. Um, but, you know, th- what I was getting at was something with you was, you know, as you research this guy and you research his work. And one of the things I found is I was looking over transcripts and I was watching hearings of him. I mean, in, what was it, in 2011, he, he's talking to the State Department, he's talking to Joe Lieberman about dual use of concern research with the Pentagon and the Department of Defense. And that one made my ears perk up because yep. we hadn't heard at the time of gain-of-function. I mean, that's the thing is there, there's a difference between, like, the scientific need of gain-of-function, which the, the standing of it, if, if you want to put them into the honest scientific category – Data function is basically a manipulation of virus proteins to come up with um, a vaccine or a cure should, you know, these viruses jump from species or jump from uh, or be used for chemical warfare or whatever. And we're ready to go with a vaccine. The problem is, is you're these aren't things that exist in the wild. Some do. But when you are when you're purposely manipulating a virus to come up with a vaccine for that virus that you just manipulated you're not actually coming up with a vaccine for a natural born virus. You're just, now you're coming up with a vaccine for something you created. That's right. And, and then it becomes and the intent of, the... and then it comes, then it comes, Fauci and
4: his wife is, have been the gatekeepers.
1: Right. So it comes in pandemic. with if Fauci, Fauci working with the Pentagon and the department of defense on dual use of concern research, which is biological warfare. And so I look at this and I just I look at this skeptically and I wrote a piece about that as well. And I'm saying, wait a second, this is a guy whose entire career has been based around this kind of research. And when I wrote for Spectator, I'm not coming up at him as he's a super villain in this to make millions of dollars off Pfizer. I'm coming at this of Fauci believes he's above reproach. He believes when he says I'm science itself. It's, it, it is kind of in a movie villain way. But it's not in a James Bond movie villain way. This is a guy who believes he's above um, human accountability. He 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 believes he answers to the natural order of things. So when he's he's out here playing God in the name of science, he doesn't even think about the negative things that could happen as a result of this research. And so, let's say for instance, he you know we're funding gain of function research in China. That's why he still praises China and China scientists because he genuinely thinks China has no uh, ill will uh, in the name of science towards us when we know if China didn't release this thing on, on purpose, they're sitting there taking fucking notes for the next time that this happens. And so that's my problem with Fauci, and that was the point of my magazine piece, is when you declare yourself the mouthpiece of science, you, you believe yourself beyond human accountability, that who is this, who is this little Rand Paul You know, a member of this Congress who thinks that he can talk to me this way when I'm the guy who's out here studying the natural order of things. It really that's really where he comes from. And that's where I think the political right gets him wrong. I don't think that, you know, he's, you know, an ultra villainous dwarf. And I know that you probably do. And I know people listening probably do. I just think he he thinks he is of a higher standing, and that really is of it. And that's how you get statements like "I I speak for science." When you attack me, you attack science. And when he talks about the Fauci effect of how people are now going to school because of him, this is serious narcissism on this on behalf of this guy. And. It's more of that kind of shit that leads me to believe that, you know, that this was something that was a n- manipulated virus that probably escaped or, you know, that just the scene of a viral hitting the floor and someone going, oh, oh, shit, <clears throat> you know, um, but like I said... It, It is something that needs to be investigated. And and my fear is that Republicans, when they take it back, it's not going to be a serious investigation into the origins of coronavirus. It's going to be basically we need to nail Anthony Fauci. And I think that there's too many people screaming for blood who want that to be the case,
4: which again
1: again is why I want him chucked across the Potomac safely, gently. And he just is out of our lives.
4: We can absolutely do both. And can chew gum and walk at the same time. I mean, he—he he and his wife. If the investigation been...
1: leads that way, I'm fine with it. But I, I don't want to get people's hopes up. You—you you have as good of a chance of seeing Anthony Fauci in handcuffs as you do Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump.
4: Well, I—I I make movies. I make parody movies every day. News events, memes, and the—the the video I made yesterday got me banned from YouTube, and I'd already had oh. two two strikes. And I just called it Fauci the Elf. And I, I shared all the memes around that. But then I shared some more serious content. And, you know, I like to use these clips from the past that share the facts. And so um, I have it on my sub stack and I put it in your chat, the, the link to it if anybody wants to okay. see the video sure. that got me banned from YouTube again. Yeah, my that's, content. Yeah, that's um, why,
1: you know, instead of, you know, instead of just... Uh, cartoons of chucking him into the river or whatever we need to be very practical on how we can really actually achieve this and if we use science like you said in physics and uh, the natural uh, sciences uh, of of how to actually do this, it would be hard pressed to ban us from even suggesting it. So well, that's my, why we're talking about point... safety measures, safety precautions. He can have a helmet, he can have goggles, <laughs> um, and we're going to do this. You know, like I said, we're, we're not going to just throw him in the river like Ron DeSantis eating a child style. We're gonna we're gonna figure out a way and plan this and do this safely and humanely.
4: My point in sharing that story is that just in case anybody's still under the illusion that with the CDC backtracking flipping everything on its head last week meant that that was going to make things better for those of us making this type of content. They're still saying this is misinformation. And so I would like to see the free speech issue addressed in a very real way as we go forward, because the things I shared in my movie are factual. It's not misinformation. And I just think we will find the truth as we allow all voices to express themselves and if anybody is interested in a great book dr leonard, leonard horowitz wrote this book covid coup where he just laid out the whole history of it from the okay. 50s to today and okay. he is the researcher and the scientist that nobody's heard of that's writing the the, the, the book that you need to read okay
1: um you, you said you left your subsequent comments so if people want that they can go they can go ahead and do that so thanks jenny
4: Thank
1: you, Stephen. Have a great day. See, see now the NSA screwing with her connection. See, see how this works. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up. So, again, I, I know I removed a couple of you from the queue, but I wanted this to kind of be shorter and sweeter. We still went in like an hour and a half. So, this was a kind of a, a redo of the podcast today that people missed. So, again, if you came over from Patreon, uh, you at least got some semblance of a podcast today. I will be back on Patreon tomorrow uh, where I, I want to play more clips of Jackie Heinrich. Going at it with Karine Jean-Pierre where she really does get to the issue of all of this and the most dangerous thing about this, which again is using using executive authority not invested in him by his oath of the Constitution uh, under COVID emergencies because this ain't going to be the first time they try it. Um, And again, I I do really question the wisdom of the White House deciding to go after people who were forced to take PPP loans, uh, knowing that they can be attacked now. So this is something that I hope is hung around every uh, Democrat candidate's neck, including Tim Ryan and Shotgun Frankenstein. And so we'll see if they're smart enough to actually use that. So, again, thanks to my commenters. Thanks to the callers. Thanks, everyone, for popping in and listening. I, again, apologize for uh, technical issues today on Patreon and with GarageBand. Um, I, I'm at the mercy of the technology, just like we all are. And uh, the beauty about drawing up the idea of a catapult is sometimes the old-fashioned way just works better. So there you have it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back on Patreon tomorrow, and I also plan on being back here tomorrow night probably for just a uh, Gits and Shiggles AMA open topic thing. So bring anything you want. Uh, don't be shy. Feel free to jump in at uh, any time for some of you familiar people out there that I can see. And uh, feel free to come back in and spend another hour or two with us tomorrow night here. So, again, thanks for your patience and understanding uh, for the Patreon and GarageBand glitches. Uh, I'm Stephen Miller. This is Versus Media Live on Call-In. Uh, episode 37, How to Chuck an Elf into the Potomac River, and how we would go about doing that. There you go. Good riddance, Dr. Fauci. See you guys tomorrow.